Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey guys, what's going on? Full Count Chaos. Thank you very much for tuning in. Baseball, right around the corner. I know everybody's excited. I'm seeing everybody post stuff all over social media, uh, photos of them getting out their Orioles gear, counting down the days like I am. Very excited. Even though we all have a feeling the Orioles are going to suck ass this year, we still love our birds. We still love baseball season. We're all very excited. It's going to be a good time. Of course, uh, this week, Orioles baseball starts, and then next week, Camden Yards opening day. Everybody be safe. When you drink so much that you forget you are even at opening day, maybe tone it down a notch. I have friends in their 30s and 40s who still go out thinking that they're 20 years old, can drink all day and feel fine the next day. Boy, are they wrong. (laughs) And boy, am I wrong when I do the same thing. We're reckless, arrogant, stupid dicks. It doesn't work like that anymore. It's two and three day hangovers now. It's just not... Going to get a little shit-faced, then going to work the next morning. Doesn't happen. If I'm going to get shit-faced, it better be Friday night, so I have Saturday and Sunday to just be a slug and lay around the house going, oh my God, why did I do that? Call me a pussy, take my man card, I don't care, I just can't do it anymore. Don't you stand there and judge me. So when I go to opening day, I'm like, all right, I'm going to pace myself between every beer, have a bottle of water, so I can function the next day. Hey, just a heads up, uh, next week, no new show, but I will be doing the show live 8 p.m. East Coast time on Birdland Radio. If you want to see this handsome mug on the internet, doing the show live from 8 to 8.30 Sunday night, that is March 31st, again, East Coast time, uh, birdlandradio.com. Guys over at section 336 invited me over. It's going to be from 9 a.m. to 9 9 at night. Uh, They're going to be doing a 12-hour stream. Oriole bloggers, uh, other podcasts, other uh, shows that uh, deal with Orioles and sports and all sorts of shit. It's going to be a good time. Uh, But 9 a.m. to 9 at night, and I'm kind of wrapping it up again at 8 o'clock, 8 to 8.30. You can tune in Birdland Radio. Write that down. Uh, I will be doing the show live. Feel free to chime in. When I'm doing the show live, you can still get involved. Just email me. I'll look to my left, look to my right, see that you emailed, and I will make it part of the show. I just want to thank guys at Section 336 for having me. It's going to be a fun time. I even think they're having like a wiffle ball tournament. It's just going to be an all-day thing. They do it once a year. Reached out to me, said, hey, we'd love to have your goofy ass on the show for a little bit. Uh, Some shows are going for like an hour and a half to two hours. It's just me. I'm a one-man band. So I'm doing 30 minutes. I'm not going to do the hour, hour and a half (laughs) because... I used to do uh, live radio, but there'd be commercial breaks. If you got to take a shit, take a piss, get something to drink, you have about five minutes every now and then. But I can't see myself just doing an hour and a half straight. So I said, just put me down for 30 minutes. So again, next week, no new show, but I will be with you guys 8 to 8.30. Going to be a fantastic time. Well, I say every week, a uh, lot to go over. You know, I do the podcast once a week. So when it's time to upload a show, there's a lot to talk about. And I probably only cover about 1% of shit out there. Of course, uh, it's Orioles podcast, so we'll talk about the Orioles. There's a lot of other stuff I like to talk about. Uh, people, 
hey, have complimented me. They say, hey, we love tuning in. We appreciate you talking about Orioles baseball, but we like how you sometimes veer off, go down another road, and just start talking about something random. Now that I said that out loud, I don't know if that was a compliment or not. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the Orioles, Mike Trout, a lot of people got released this week from the Orioles. Uh, there's a tweet that Mark Viviano put on Twitter, I think like a week or two ago, that I wanted to bring up that I thought was interesting. And I received an email. Don't forget, uh, you can email me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Anything, anything at all in your mind. It doesn't have to be about baseball. It doesn't have to be about sports. Whatever's on your mind, I'll make it part of the show, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. So over the week, I received an email, a gentleman by the name of Carter. (laughs) He wrote in, he says, I was listening to one of your prior episodes and was laughing when you started talking about how sports makes you act like a child with those immature young emotions that come out. He says, I found myself arguing with a 12-year-old a couple weeks ago in reference to whether Joe Flacco was a good quarterback or not. He is my friend's son, and the conversation was actually getting heated over this stupid debate. He said, I had to calm myself down realizing I was raising my voice at this 12-year-old kid over football. He was trying to convince me Flacco was a good quarterback, and that infuriated me. (laughs) What the hell is it about sports that makes me sound like a 12-year-old? He says, I'm 32 years old. Carter, appreciate it. Yeah, I've mentioned it before plenty of times on this show. You just act like a moron. You act like a jackass kid. Not all of us. You know, if you're an adult, you act like an adult, no matter the situation. <laughs> I've seen, I love going on YouTube after uh, walk-off home runs or a uh, football game and the other team wins at the last second, and I like to watch fans' reactions. It's always about an hour or two after the game's over. I go on YouTube, type in the game, and I put fans' reactions. All these adults who, unless they... You gambled 10 grand and, and there goes their mortgage in their house and they just lost all their money. I understand why grown men are crying and throwing temper tantrums rolling around the floor. I get it then. You just blew all your money. You got to explain to your wife, hey, my life, your life, it's over. We have no money. No, God, please, no, no. But if it's just you're a fan of the team, what are you doing? Crying, rolling around, screaming, throwing shit at your TV, throwing your TV out the window. I mean, we act like a bunch of kids throwing temper tantrums. And I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before. I got to start writing shit down that I've already spoken about. So if I start telling a story, you guys don't roll your eyes and be like, oh my God, this is the hundredth time you've told this story. But I'm at a game with my wife. We're playing the Yankees and we destroyed them. I think it was a couple of years ago. We beat them like nine to one in Camden Yards. Great seats. We're about four rows back from home plate. I think out of all the seats I sit in in Camden Yards, that's my favorite. I've sat all over the stadium. My cousin who has season tickets in the front row at first base side, I still think behind home plate, it's the best experience. But playing the Yankees, two rows in front of us, there's a Yankee fan just obnoxious, turning around, trying to get the other Oriole fans all routed up, just acting like an ass for like three or four straight innings. Believe it or not, he was an adult. The guy seemed like, I don't know, uh, late 20s, early 30s, but he was acting like a child, sticking his tongue out at everybody every time the Yankees made a big play. So he's walking back to his seats. He trips. I mean, it couldn't. It literally was right next to me. Guy trips down about three steps. I think he scratched up his knee. He could have been seriously hurt, but because of my immature jackass emotions came out, something about sports that makes me act like a five-year-old 
I point and laugh because I was so angry at the guy for pissing me off because he's a Yankees fan and he was getting under my skin. I point and laugh <laughs> at this poor guy who fell. Could have been seriously hurt. I, though I wasn't the only one who laughed. There was other grown men who laughed at him. I think they were Oriole fans too. And they were like, ah, that's karma, bitch. But when I laughed, my wife looked at me with this disappointment. She wasn't mad. She just had this look of like, who are you? And I explain it like there was a perfect reason why I laughed about another grown man falling down and hurting himself. I said, he was the one who was sticking his tongue out at us, acting like I'm five. He started it. Such a moron. Only sports makes me act like a child like that. (laughs) Only sports make grown men and grown women cry and throw temper tantrums when their team loses or get in fights just because the other person was wearing another jersey fucking ridiculous so carter i appreciate the email yeah i probably would have been furious too if somebody was trying to convince me that joe flacco was a good quarterback whether he was 12 eight years old or 50 i don't care i probably would have argued with him as well but you're right i have friends who have kids that age too and and sometimes they talk to me about sports and i gotta call myself down because i'm like i'm arguing with a 10 year old what am i doing because it's about sports and yes i I don't think joe flacco was a Good quarterback, I get I, I get it, he was an MVP, Super Bowl, I mean, we could go on for hours back and forth of whether or not he was actually a good quarterback or the people around him made him good, whatever. Stats don't lie, and he does not have good stats throughout his career. So anyway, again, Carter, thanks again for the email, appreciate it. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Let's talk about the Orioles. Uh, already pulling out my hair, by the way, watching these pitchers give up first-inning runs. Hess, Bundy, Kasher, Mike Wright giving up at least two runs in the first inning the other day. Mike Wright and Hess are fighting for the number four spot. Again, Hess got his ass kicked about a week ago. Nine runs, nine hits, four home runs, only over three innings. That's not going to help pitching like ass if you're fighting for the fourth spot between you and Mike Wright. And it seemed like that last year. Every game. Every game, the pitcher gave up at least one home run or two runs in the first inning, and the Orioles haven't even been up to bat, and they got to play from behind. And, of course, in 2018, they were second in giving up first inning runs. Colorado was number one. But out of all the teams, and I knew when I saw that, I'm like, I'm surprised they weren't number one. But our pitching, I just, it's, it's going to be ugly. I wonder if Mike Elias can find us another Mike Mussina. Bundy talked about it the guy just scares me just doesn't seem like he has it anymore his fastballs at 90 and 91 worse at 96 97 that we saw I know people lose their fastball over time but man that was quick and <laughs> I forgot I'm scrolling through here I forgot I got an email speaking of players that that pissy off and again I'm still not a fan of Mike Wright I, it's just something it's his attitude it's the way he pitches he wears his emotions on his sleeve I mean, one thing I like about Bundy is he got a poker face. No matter what the situation is, he's just focused. You know, batters see the pitcher start cussing and throwing their glove and like Mike Wright does. They're like, oh, they smell blood. And then he starts screwing up. And then he starts pissing off the umpire because every ball that he throws that he thinks is a strike and they call it a ball, Mike Wright's got to fucking say something under his breath, stare down the umpire. Yeah, that's going to help us out. And speaking of players that bother you, that you just can't stand, that you hate him. You just admit it. You know, hate's a harsh word, but you hate this player. 
Um, I forgot I got an email from Adam. He's writing in from Essex County. Every now and then I do most hated player. like to hear the player, the baseball player that you hate the most, whether it's from 20 years ago, whether they play now, whoever it is, I'd love to hear from you. Adam from Essex County writes in. Appreciate you putting where you're from. He made it pretty simple. He said his most hated player is Chris Davis. He says, really dislike him wearing an Orioles jersey. I wish he would take it off, period. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, Adam. I, uh, I'm sure a lot of people agree with you on that. I know I'm tired of seeing him. I know it's not my money, so it's easy to say, just pay him the money and let him walk out the door. But you're basically paying for an out right now. Still no signs of changing anything up. He really is a waste of bat. He's an automatic out. Also makes me mad. Bullshit knowing he's the reason Mancini isn't playing first. Mancini doesn't belong in left field. It's hurting his value too. But Adam, I completely agree with you. Chris Davis so far batting 148 with four hits, 15 strikeouts, one home run. Thursday's game, uh, three strikeouts and three at-bats. Improving. Not enough. Not enough. And Oriole fans had a knee-jerk reaction. Speaking of players getting released that we're hoping, Hayes wasn't one of them. Austin Hayes, I'm sure you heard about him getting released. Understandable, I guess. Everyone just relax. Trust Elias. If he was still bucking the Duquette show, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But for some reason, it's got that different feel, right? It's like you're like, Mike Elias, the guy knows what he's doing. Brandon Hyde, I, you know, he knows what he's doing. Not saying Buck didn't, but I'm not going to go on a rant about him. But it was funny when Austin Hayes was not released. I'm sorry, not released. Sent back to the minors. I'm sorry. I keep saying released. I even saw tweets over the week from fans talking about, you know, how they're going to cancel their season tickets now. They were going to buy a 15-game package, but now that Hayes is in the minors, forget it. <laughs> what a crock of shit. Get out of here. So Hayes was the reason Cam and Yards was going to be packed. Austin Hayes was the reason you were going to buy season tickets or that 15-game package or whatever the hell I saw people tweeting about. Yeah, come on. We're Oriole fans, all right? No matter who's on the team, we're going to want to go watch. Hayes just needs more time in the minors. He hit below average last year in double-A. He was injured all season. He just needs to see some triple-A pitching. He played 66 games in double-A, and he hit 242. Give him some time to get some bats. Everything's fine. We'll see him again soon. Once Chris Davis gets the hell out of here, players get shifted around, good to go. Sure, we'll see some Austin Hayes. Bring back Flaherty, right? He got released. I tweeted out there, bring him back. We need a bobblehead night of Flaherty. Flaherty bobblehead night. A lot of people enjoyed that. <laughs> bring back Marcakis. Right? I think Marcakis is having a good time over to the Braves. I remember I felt so bad. Hey, I loved Marcakis. I, I, I was one of the people who thought he had many more years ahead of him. Some people I was talking to, like, oh, he was done years ago. I remember when he went over the Braves, I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, my God. A veteran player is going over to the Braves doesn't make any sense during a rebuild because they started the rebuild in 2014. If you remember that, they traded away like Justin Upton, Jason Hayward, Kimbrell, Evan Gaddis, Upton, uh, uh, David Carpenter, Chase, uh, uh, what was his name, uh, Shreve. And then they go to the playoffs in 2018. They win the damn division four years later. So there's hope. And I was rooting for the Braves because there's old Nicky. Nick Markakis having a good time. My wife loved Nick Markakis. She loved Chris Davis. She had a huge crush on Chris Davis. But I think that all went down the drain. Goes to show you, girls love the long ball. If you stop hitting the long ball, they want nothing to do with you. 
We brought Nick Marquez on the team. He was supposed to be our big power hitter, 30, 35 home run a year hitter. Never got that from him, but one hell of a right fielder. Then Escobar gets released. A lot of people, yeah, no shit. He went seven for 32 with a pair of doubles, four strikeouts, four walks. He was a, you know, just a, uh, he was a just-in-case signing, right? If uh, Now, R- Richie Martin and Drew Jackson, good news for them. I have a job. Hyde said, we felt like we have a lot of infield depth here, and it just wasn't going to fit. Ideally, you'd like to have some veteran leadership, but Narsa, whatever. Yes, suck, is what he's trying to say. Yes, stink. Uh, We also saw Orioles released outfielder Eric Young Jr., 33 years old. Hey, he had a good spring. I think Kevin Wyman interviewed him on the radio the other day. He was even like, yep, you've done enough to make the team. Congratulations. And he... There he goes. He had a good spring training. Uh, hit 323, 462, 452 with a homer, a double, and a pair of stolen bases, it says right in front of me. I'm not remembering this shit. So with him gone, Trey Mancini, I'm assuming, is in left field. Mullins, of course, in center. And then a combination of Joey Rickard, Dwight Smith Jr. in the outfield. I am just not a fan of Joey Rickard. I don't know. I get he's having a good spring. The kid, He just looks like a, a, a 14-year-old kid trying to swing a bat that's too heavy. Every now and then, he's going to hit a home run. Even a broken watch is right twice a day. Such a douchebag saying, but it's true. I don't know what it is about Rickard. He just continues. He's sticking around. I guess you could say he deserves it. Why not? But I'd rather see Dwight Smith out there. Of course, I'd rather see uh, Mancini at first. Spread it out a little bit. Get Davis out of there. I can't wait to see Trumbo go. He's just dead space. He's a, you know, I, I don't think many, uh, he lost a lot of fans when he uh, talked about how he doesn't like, <laughs> didn't like the pie in the face. I can't remember if that's an actual rumor or that's what Trumbo actually said. The fuck out of here. So Mark Viviano put a tweet out, I think it was about a week or two ago. I thought it was kind of interesting. I forgot to bring up last show. But he says, his tweet was, how much are the O's playing catch up in the rebuild? says, well, during today's game broadcast, assistant GM Sig Dell told Steve that most teams have 10 to 12 analysts working on advanced player performance data. He said when Dell arrived in Baltimore, the O's had one. He's going to say, let that sink in, but I'm sure you all saw this tweet, and I'm sure it didn't take long for it to sink in. Fucking pathetic. And you could tell. For the past couple years, look, we like the long ball. Chicks love the long ball. If we didn't hit home runs, we basically didn't win. And it was like watching a softball team play year after year. A lot of people said that. It was like a beer softball league. Never saw a hit and run ever. Never any bunting the runners over. It's Buck's old philosophy. Never like giving the other team an out. Yet, instead, they would hit into a double play, inning over. That's it. Leave guys on base. From the scoreboard, Camden Yards, they do LOBs. You'd look up, it would just, you know, be like 10, 10, 11 left on base and it'd be the fifth inning. It's fucking awful. Nobody scared the pitcher while on base. Nobody was fast. The pitcher didn't pay attention to anybody on the Orioles. You can really mess up a pitcher when someone with speed is on first. You know, they have to, their wind-up's a little quicker. They're, they're, they have the uh, base runner on mind. They're trying to get to the uh, catcher quicker. Whatever the hell I'm saying here. <laughs> they're releasing the ball faster than they should because they're afraid the guy's going to steal. You know. You know it. 
There were a lot of singles last year, a lot of long singles. Watching guys like Caleb Joseph, Pedro Alvarez, watching those guys run the bases, it's just completely asinine. They all look like Forrest Gump, you know, before the kid broke out of those leg braces while they were running. Scope, Mark Trumbo, nobody was fast. And they were the guys who were usually on base. Even Adam was slowing down, but I can't shit on Adam. I mean, that, <laughs> that guy's great. I don't want to talk shit about him. But the guys on base, you know, Caleb every now and then, Pedro Alvarez, Mark Trump, those guys were the ones getting on base. Scope, guy was slow. I remember J.J. Hardy, Matt Weeders, never seen anyone run slower in my life. It just was brutal, absolutely brutal to watch. So I'm just excited the route they're going with these kids. Of course, young kids, that's what Rebuild is. Don't bring in a bunch of slow veterans, you get these young kids. Uh, One person I do want to bring up, he was in the news all week, Mike Trout. Congratulations to him. 12 years, 430 mil. That's a lot of freaking money. I mean, he's got to be one of the most liked ball players, right? I mean, he's never getting in trouble. He's not getting arrested. And there is actually a pretty famous sports media radio host out there that were basically kind of shitting on him. Like Colin Coward. You probably saw this. He says... Nothing against Mike Trout, but if he was at a mall in Los Angeles, no one would know. Congrats on being rich and irrelevant. Who gives a shit? It's like people these days are so caught up in the shock value. It's like they want these people to be douchebags, to be assholes, to slip up and find out they cheated on their wife or or did drugs or slept with a hooker and got AIDS and then passed it on to the... Whatever the case is, I just kind of went a little dark there. Boy... That escalated quickly. Who gives a shit? I love Mike Trout. He's like one of the best baseball players today. He's always with, always has a smile on his face. When he came to Camden Yards a couple years ago, a friend of mine had his son watching him in batting practice. After he uh, was finished, my friend called him over to see if he could would take a picture with his son. Didn't even think twice about it. Walked right over to him. They were both wearing their Orioles gear, so they're not Angels fans, but he walked over. And my buddy said that Mike Social whistled at Mike like, come on, let's wrap it up. So instead of being like, I'm sorry, I got to go, Mike Trout sprinted over to my friend and his son so they could take the time to take a picture with him. That's just a classy guy. And then you got Dan Patrick. You know, he made a statement how he thinks Mike Trout wasn't worth the investment because he's not flamboyant enough with the way he plays. Whatever the hell that even means. He gets the job done. That's it. You invest what brings fans to the game. Mike Trout is saving that team from probably looking like Camden Yards every night. If Mike Trout wasn't there, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Angel fans are diehard baseball fans. My sister and her husband live out there, and they've been to a couple Angel games, and they said it's kind of a weird atmosphere. It's like when you go to the Nats game. You know, everybody's in their uh, pink khaki shorts, flip-flops, or polo shirts. Half of them don't even know a game's going on. They're just talking about their boat and business. They said that's how it was with the Angels. Everybody was there just hitting around a beach ball, having fun, not even realizing there was a game going on. But when I looked it up, the Angels were six in most attendance in 2018. So the Dodgers were number one in 2018. They had 3.8 million people show up. Yankees were number two, 3.4. Then you got St. Louis, the Cubs, the Giants, and then the Angels. Now, Baltimore, they were number 20. They were 26. With 1.5 million. Miami Marlins only had 811,000 fans show up in 2018. (laughs) What a shit show. Derek Jeter, 
They're trusting you out there. But the Angels are, are bringing people in, and I don't know if it's because of Mike Trout, but there you go, Mike. Have a fucking day with your money. I don't even know what I'd do with that money. What what would you do with that much money? I always have fun conversations with people. What would you do if you won the lottery? Or We're talking about Mike Trout's contract and how much money Machado and Bryce Harper are getting. and Just what would you do with all that money? I would give half to the poor and the other half with my struggling family members who need help. No, you wouldn't. Shut up. Your credit is terrible. You have a shit ton of bills to pay. Your credit card bills jacked up to like 10 grand. And even when you come into money, and I know who you are, you just spend money on stuff you don't need to. So to act like you'd be spending all this great money on all these great things, no, you wouldn't. Stop your bullshitting. But Mike Trout, uh, some stats that I saw, I was just looking them up, reading some other articles. I mean, just being reminded of why he deserves that money. Uh, one of them I saw, Mike Trout last made an error 251 games ago. <laughs> he said in interviews, the reason why that is, I think it was since 2014, he said by moving four feet in. He said he got a better angle on these plays, taking more aggressive jumps. I still, to the this day, is the greatest play I've ever seen in center field. Just watching uh, Mike Trout rob J.J. Hardy, I'm pretty sure it was 2012, center field wall. I mean, Mike Trout, his feet were above the freaking wall. But I was sitting there, my jaw was dropped. I couldn't believe what the fuck I just saw. It was amazing. And I still think in the past 10 years, that's got to be number one for the greatest plays in center field. Not trying to shit on our hometown boy, Adam Jones, but come on. Never seen him make a play like that. (laughs) Just every now and then, every now and then, I will go back and watch that play on YouTube. Uh, that's one of, I'd say, top three videos that I always like to bring up if someone doesn't remember it and never seen it. I'll say, take a look at this. And I still think the number one YouTube video for baseball that I've watched in the past couple of years got to be the Dumb and Young bases clearing double, right? <laughs> I mean, what a great experience. I'm also saw Mike Trout is already one of the top 10 power speed guys in baseball history. He's definitely in the 2020 club, 20 steals, 20 home runs. Um, I think, yeah, he has five. He was he almost had six in 2014. He was six deals away from doing it six times. Uh, Barry Bonds did it ten. Bobby Abreu, nine. Carlos Beltran did it seven times. I didn't realize that. A-Rod, then Hank Aaron, Willie Mays did it six, and then there's Mike Trout. And the company that he has with that list is Andre Dawson and Eric Davis. Good Lord. Kid's killing it. And also, I like this one that I found. Mike Trout has a higher career war than Bryce Harper and Manny Machado combined. (laughs) I love it. Machado, Bryce Harper, two of the biggest douchebags in baseball, walking around swagger, bragging about the money they're getting and how much money they want. And then just quietly, Mike Trout puts them to shame. Says, ah, I'm going to have the biggest contract in baseball right now. Thank you very much. I'm going to do it quietly with a smile on my face. What a great guy. So glad he got that money. And I really didn't think it was the Angels. I really thought he was going over to Philly. He's a huge Philly fan. He went to uh, the Super Bowl when the Eagles played. So when Bryce Harper went over, I even think, you know, how these players, they put out tweets, they tag each other in it and tell them, you know, come on over. Come on, you're next. And I'm pretty sure Bryce Harper did that. So I thought Bryce, hey, he's going to Philly. His contract's up. Why not? He loves Philadelphia. Head on over. 
He's from Jersey, but he's a diehard Eagles fan. But anyway, I don't want to keep bragging about Mike Trout. You know, he just he's a half a billionaire right now. I don't think uh, he needs anybody to talk him up anymore. Um, also, I like doing the show every now and then, give you guys heads up of movies, TV shows, uh, anything that I saw that you might like. Uh, Sneaky Pete, I think that came out a couple of years ago, so I'm kind of late to the party. Uh, great, I like it. Very entertaining. Uh, check that out. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. I do think Amazon Prime is worth the $12 a month. Um, even if you order one or two things a month, you still got all the videos and TV shows on Amazon Prime. What was the other one? Oh, the movie. Oh, God. Uh, my wife and I, we're still old school. We like to go to the movie theater still. Uh, we saw Us. It's that horror movie. Let me just save you some time and don't see it. That movie was awful. Terrible movie. Uh, don't pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes. That's a bunch of baloney bullshit. Their reviews are garbage. It's like every movie that I love. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a 50%. And I think it was Joe Rogan's podcast or somebody had a guest on who used to work for Rotten Tomatoes and they broke it down and said all they do is if the people make the movie, if they pay Rotten Tomatoes a nice lump sum of cash, they'll give them a great review regardless, some uh, fake reviews. But I'm thinking to myself, isn't that all websites who uh, review movies? So, man, us was awful. That movie was terrible. I shouldn't have to go on the internet after I watch the movie to find out what the hell what did I just watch? What did this mean? What did that mean? And don't give me that artsy bullshit about, well, the rabbits meant this, and this meant that, and that meant, oh, whatever. Just explain it in the movie so I know what I'm watching. So just trying to save us some time and money, I wouldn't watch it. It was one of the worst movies I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, people that were sitting next to us, they got up and left like an hour into the movie. I thought they were just using the bathroom. Never saw them again. I guess they were like, ah, screw it. 20 bucks down the drain but we're okay with leaving. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but if you like it, I'd love to hear from you. You know, try to convince me of why it was a great movie. Hey, don't forget next week, burnladradio.com. I will be live 8 to 8.30. You can still tune into the show. Uh, interact with me. Send me an email. I'll be looking out for it. Make it part of the show. And the season starts in less than a week. Super stoked. Orioles baseball. Major League Baseball 2019 season. Uh, be interesting to see who finally makes a team. There's so many tweets, so many articles of people who, who dropped, they brought on, who's injured now. So opening day, it'll be interesting to see who made the roster. And of course, on the show, once the season starts, every week we just go over what happened during the games and we just have fun. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Got a lot of cool guests coming on the show in the next couple months. Uh, my dad will be coming on. who's to play for the Orioles. He's got a lot of fun stories. So, again, uh, feel free to reach out anytime. Till next time, see you.